Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening in from. I'm John Brandt, Director of Professional Practices here at ISACA, and this is ISACA Podcast. Joining me today is Derek Melber from Nanotur, Chief Strategist. Derek, welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, it's it's awesome to be here. You know, my, my history with ISACA is pretty long and um, spoken at many uh, regional events, national events, and, and webinars, so it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Well, you've got an impressive background. I took a look at your bio, um, you know, well-known writer, speaker, whatnot. Can you talk to, us, to our listeners about uh, your career that led you up to Nanotur and your uh, involvement in your current role? Sure. Uh, and, and plus, you know, you can write anything you want on the Internet and it's true. Right. Um, but but, you know, what's interesting about my career is I started off in a totally different space than cybersecurity. And, you know, it's just the way that that your careers work and and you build upon your knowledge. And, and um, you know, I really got into computers um, in the early 2000s and kind of built my way around from, you know, being an active directory and group policy kind of aficionado where I was just knee deep in active directory and group policy. And then, of course, security just leaked in, right? And of course, you you want to use group policy to deploy security. So that's really where it started. Um, and then I found that organizations struggled with security in terms of what do we do? How do we do this? Even as simple as how do we get a report of what things are set up? So I started to work with auditors, um, started to work with security professionals to help them understand how to pull something out of the system. And then once they pulled it out, they're like, what do we do with it? Right. So I, I kind of built this foundation on making sure that uh, the practitioners could do what they needed to do. And I really focused on that educational piece. Um, and now I just help organizations in general um, better their overall security hygiene and make sure they know what to do and how to do it. Well, that's awesome. And, and I totally agree with what you're saying with uh, how our uh, our past lives, if you will, led us to this moment here. So we, we shared some similar work roles and, and I'm excited to dive into today's topic here because I think for those that, especially those that are working in your small to medium enterprises, right? Like as I was uh, reading uh I think it was the blog that we're kind of we're going to touch on and that was the prelude to this is there's too many folks out there that are just they're playing defense, right? We're very yeah. reactionary. Um, and I'd be the first one to tell you, I'm, I'm a big skeptic when it comes into the solutions that are brought to market. But as I'm reading it was doing my homework for this session. I was really excited to kind of dive into this because I really think that this topic in, in uh, you know, in the work that you're doing amongst others, actually, it could be a, a real big game changer. So without further ado, today's topic, right, we're going to talk about continuous threat exposure management. Um, you know, for those that are, that may not be aware of it or, or how it's presently, you know, coined. Uh, can you give some background, right? W what is it? Um, what's it not maybe? And then uh, let's dive into the conversation. That's it, it's, it's really a great place to start. So CTEM or continuous threat exposure management, as you said, 
is kind of a newer term that Gartner came up with. And in my opinion, it's critical because I really see, especially around this area of, of security of any size organization from an SMB all the way to a huge enterprise, you have two major components. Component one is kind of prevent, right? It's the idea that security hygiene is important. If we were to make the analogy for your house, it's making sure that your doors close and your doors and windows lock, right? That's hygiene. Then you have a second piece, which is detections, which would be like maybe your cameras in your house to find, to, to show you that someone broke into your house. Well, CTIM is all about hygiene. It's all about making sure that things are secure. And many people think, well, gosh, you know, vulnerability management does that. It does, but that's only one piece of CTIM. CTIM is a multifaceted concept, making sure that all assets are secured to the best of their ability, which is why it's called exposure, right? The, the exposure, if you looked at your house, the exposure would be the front door, the back door, the garage, all the windows. So it's not just doors or not just windows, it's everything. And that's really what exposure management is all about, is making sure that continuously everything is secure as possible. And that's extremely important because right at the end of the day, you know, without a continuous view, all that is, it's a snapshot in time. And as you know, in many of our listeners, things are evolving instantaneously, right? You know, the threat landscape continues to evolve. Uh, new tools get, you know, are, are, are increasingly being weaponized. Bad, bad actors are getting more deviant, right? Like at the end of the day in these strong arm attempts. So, but, so you referenced that Gartner's one who coined this term CTEM. What are the key components according to Gartner? So the, the key components to Gartner is really, first of all, asset inventory. You can't secure what you don't know about, right? So asset inventory is extremely important. And Gartner really pushes the envelope here saying, okay, it's not just your servers and workstations. We have over the last couple of years moved into a much different world where IoT comes in and OT comes in, cloud comes in. And so all the different assets and asset types are incorporated. Then it starts with vulnerability management. That's still really important. That's a core concept, a pillar as I call it, right? But you also have to push beyond vulnerability management to patch management. And I have this conversation quite a bit with people because they're like, well, don't you solve a vulnerability with a patch? I'm like, yeah, but that's different than patch management because patch management means you're patching an OS that may not even have a CVE, right? It may not even have a security connotation around it. So you have vulnerability management, you have patch management, you also have configuration management, right? So as we moved into a, a pretty important work from home or work remote um, standpoint, we have a lot of remote connectivity and all of those remote connectivity technologies have security, for example. So we have to make sure that things are secured. Now, also under the Gartner CTEM definition, part of this is the ability to do testing and even attack path analysis. 
Now, I'm kind of on the fence that these are really that important because when it comes to security hygiene, just go fix it, right? Just go secure it to the best of your ability. And if you go secure it to the best of your ability, you're kind of watering down those attack path analysis and, and, and making sure things are secure. Now, I'm not going to throw it out, but certainly I think that the asset inventory and the analysis of as many different security concepts per asset is one of the most important things for CTEM. Yeah, I'm listening to you describe that, and uh, I would ag agree with you. You know, uh, the testing. So when you were talking about testing in, in with how Gartner views it, is it their ability to to test remediation before deployment, or is it just in the context of scenarios? It's kind of both, um, and and it's not extremely detailed from Gartner exactly what they mean. I think what they're trying to do is be efficient, right? I think that's the goal is to be efficient. And I'm all for efficiency, right? I mean, let, let's be honest, when someone gets a list of all of the issues they have across the organization, it can be overwhelming, right? It, it can be extremely overwhelming. A, even a SMB could have thousands of vulnerabilities and where do they start? So efficiency becomes a part of this. Um, I, I just think that especially in today's world of known issues, we kind of know what we need to attack first and there's no reason to test it. There's no reason to go down that. Let's just go fix it. Now, there are some things that maybe we should test and we should have attack path analysis, which is great. That's why I'm not throwing it out. Um, but certainly I think the mainstream things, you know, log4j, let's go fix that, right? Um, we need to go fix those areas. When you talk about attack path analysis, are, are what are they using as a, a backend logic for that? Are, are you aware? Yeah, that's that's where I think also, you know, I, I've, I have a pretty good history with attack path analysis. And there are some awesome tools that help with attack path analysis. But most of them are not built into security solutions. Now, there are some security solutions that have them built in but usually you need another solution. Now we're layering, right? Now we're kind of moving into that, gosh, I have so many things. And, and using attack path analysis before, you kind of have to be a guru. You, you, it's, it's not like you just hit a button and it does it for you and explains everything. Many times you have to know the source and the target and you have to know how to analyze the results. And that could be very difficult. Um, so I think one of the things that I try to do, especially in today's world security is make it easy and simplistic, not dumbing it down, but just making it easier. There's such a volume of data that you have to consume and digest and understand when it comes to security, making it easier and more direct, I think is a good approach. Yeah, that's always that's always a great way forward. I'm I'm listening to you talk and 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 explain. If I agree with you, I think the the efficiency piece and whereas I think based on your background, you're you're probably rightfully skeptical. But it was probably a need that says if we don't do it, then we're potentially missing the mark for somebody who doesn't have the capability to do that. But to your point, anytime you start layering solutions, things get really dicey, right? And it, 
and without understanding, you know, at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of CISOs throughout time and pre the official CISO timeframe where security leaders went to the CFO to go buy something yeah. and it didn't do what it was supposed to do. And then it ends up on a shelf. And, and, you know, and that's one of those things that we still struggle with. And I was advocate, like we've learned so much in the last five, 10, 15, 20 years that you can't be, I get that it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow to potentially walk away from an investment, but if it's not achieving what it is you need it to do, what's the opportunity cost with that? Yep. I just posted literally, it was last week of the week before on LinkedIn and I challenged everyone. Are you looking at your current, I'm going to call it security stack of solutions and taking a hard look at, is this doing what we wanted it to do? Because you may have bought into it six, seven years ago, and it's just not doing what you need it to do as a holistic approach to security. Right. And I don't want to kick VM in the shin because it is a core pillar, especially in what Nanitor does. But if you have a point solution for VM that doesn't talk with anything else, that's a lot of work. That's a tremendous a lot of work because now what you're having to do is you're having to take your patch solution and your configuration solution. And I would say your identity solution. And you have four decks of cards that don't have anything to do with one another, right? One's a pinochle deck and one is a normal deck of cards and one is an Uno deck of cards. And you're going to shuffle these decks of cards together and somehow come up with a priority list. There's no way you're going to do that. So I think what many organizations should be doing is saying, all right, yep, we use this, we invested, but we're going to have another payment coming up. Should we pay or should we maybe move to something that is a little more forward thinking that's going to unify all of these things for us, analyze all of these for us and give us a single view of what we need to remediate. That doesn't occur with many, especially you mentioned earlier, the huge organizations have point solutions. And some of them are more insecure than mid-market just because they have too much. The volume is too much and they really don't have anything to unify the information. So let's pivot, right? We talked about what was in scope within Gartner. Um, what aspects of CTEM that are important that o Gartner omitted? The biggest one, identity security, right? And, and identity for both on-prem, like an Active Directory environment, and all of the cloud identity platforms, you know, intra-ID. Um, some people may still know it as Azure AD. Um, you have, you know, uh, AWS and Google Cloud and a variety of different platforms. If you break down many of the different exploits and breaches and what happens in them, the attackers need credentials. And that's where identity comes in. And so when I talk about identity, I'm not talking about multi-factor authentication and PAM. And I'm going to probably going to shock some people here, but in reality, MFA and PAM do not secure the identity, right? I mean, just look at it. Multi-factor authentication. 
That has nothing to do with the identity. That has to do with authentication, right? PAM, privilege access management. It has nothing to do with the identity. It's what the identity can do, right? So identity security is at the identity. It's the attributes and properties of the identity to make sure that those things are secure. I'm not saying MFA and PAM aren't important, but when you're having a conversation with someone, especially like me and others in this space about identity security, identity security is truly identity security. It is the security of the identity, the properties and the attributes to make sure they're secured. You know, I'm so glad you actually talked about that. Let's, we, we could talk identity management for another couple sessions, but when you're within, so within the attributes, that's fine. But, you know, just what are your thoughts? When we look at identity, right? We're humans, we're creatures of habit, right? And we're, and we're looking for, for the easy button, the life hacks, right? And you look at nomenclature, right? Like this is a big one. So do you think that's as big of a deal or which aspects of identity in your opinion are the most critical? And I'll preface this by saying, you know, since I've been in the community, right, everything, very few, the couple lone instances of access to digital resources that were way early on in my career where they were randomized, they quickly got swallowed up in favor of something that was a little bit more palatable, you know, first initial, last name, the inverse or, or something else just to make it easy. Is that unnecessarily causing, putting us at harm's way? Or does that not matter? And it's the un, it's some other aspect of the, the identity that we really truly need to be worrying about when it's in transit. So, so you're asking a very good question, which is what's the core problem? R really? I, I mean, what's the core problem with identity? And I'm going to give you yeah. some examples, right? So, and the answer is the problem is related to configurations that we have to have. So let's talk about on-prem Active Directory, okay? On-prem Active Directory, you have user accounts that are configured with service principal names, right? These are required in almost every environment, SMB to huge enterprises, because we have user accounts that are supporting services and the service principal names are required for it to do what it needs to do well. As soon as you have a user with an SPN and that user has privileges, which that's a whole nother talking bucket, which is so many services are poorly designed that require users to have privileges. Well, they're easily exploited. So now you have a recipe for disaster where you have users that have a configuration that's required for the service to run and it's exploitable. Let me give you another example. Inside of intra-ID, you have certain roles that are required for things to occur both within intra-ID and outside into Azure, into other environments. Many of these configurations can be exploited. They can be exploited and now the attackers with whether it's on-prem, intra, whether it's AWS, Google Cloud, they can now move laterally 
and gain privileges. That's what the attackers want to do. They want to get as high of privilege as possible in these environments. And so what I do is I break it down per platform into the top 5, 10, 15 things that you absolutely have to focus on. And these are the things that I think every organization should do immediately. This is security hygiene, right? If a, if a, a security expert were to come to my house and tell me the top five things I should do, I guarantee make sure your front door can lock, make sure your garage is locked, make sure your back door is locked and all your windows are locked. That's just obvious, right? It's just obvious. That's what we need to be doing with security identity. Well, I, I really I, thank you for that explanation, those great analogies there, because I, I think understanding some of the things that are outside of the current control, right? Because what you're describing is just it's poor design, right? At the end of the day, like it is. And and we're still here it is, whereas security field has had to evolve, right? Both in solutions and uh, in, um, in the agility of practitioners, there's the one aspect that's not yet really changed. There's been no improvement, continuous improvement into how we're, how we're building things, how we're communicating. Right. So really good. Thank you so much for that. So, okay. So, um, Many organizations are, are focusing on the SOC, and, and I can attest to this, right? There's a, there's a lot of focus there. And, and I always, I, I, you know, I'm not necessarily, to me, SOC indicates a, a where, right? To me, it's like, I, I'm more looking at security operations. I think people end up getting hyper-focused into, I need this thing to do that. And no, you're actually, let's look at it a little bit more broadly because it's not just that one potentially small entity. But organizations are focusing on SOC. They're focusing on detection, right? Because fear sells, right? Yep. We're all doom and gloom. And a myriad of remediation tactics. So to which there's tons, right? So why is that not enough right now? So I think it's a multi-pronged answer to that. One is... The security teams behind that SOC are security focused, not focused on the assets that they're getting information about. And this is just one of the problems, right? So for example, if I were to hand deliver an event to a security analyst, and that event is about um, the, S, uh, the admin SD holder being changed in Active Directory, they would have no idea what the heck that means. I mean, it's it's so unique and rare, they would have no clue, right? Not that they should know. It's just now we have that difference of being platform knowledge versus security knowledge. I think also in order to get all of the information from all of the assets that are critical to know about in through the SOC, it's just overwhelming right? The volume of information now is too much, which is why you need CTEM solutions in addition to your SOC. Another issue is, in my view, most SOCs are there to detect, like you said. 
And so they're using correlation rules, which always aren't perfect. And let's be honest, I look at many of the detections kind of like an OnStar system, right? I mean, if I'm driving along and I crash into a wall and OnStar comes on and says, you just hit a wall. Wow, that would have been great if you would have told me, you know, 30 seconds ago and I could have missed the wall. Well, that's kind of like a sock detection. You know, if someone comes in and says, you just had a user added to the domain admins group. Well, it's kind of too late. You, you, it's too late. You want to prevent someone from doing that. That's where that hygiene comes in. And so I truly believe you need both. You need security hygiene, which is more of the legacy VM and now updated CTIM platforms, as well as detections. You can't secure everything. And that's why you need the detections. It's also why in your home, you have video cameras because someone can break a window, right? It, the lock doesn't prevent everything. Someone could break a window. And so you need both. You, you need that balance between them. I truly believe, unfortunately, too many people are relying on the detections versus the hygiene. And I think there needs to be more of a balance. No, that, that's a really good point here. Um, let me ask you something, though, because what you're describing makes a lot of sense for a lot of different reasons and, and correlates with some of the data that we collect internally, right? And we, when we start talking the workforce in particular, because, you know, what's happening here is you've got, you know, security practitioners and, and I, I tend to oversimplify things, but I'm gonna put people into buckets, right? You've got your engineering folks, your architects, and then you got the, the analysts, right? And that's your biggest bucket. Then you've got the supporting cast, right? Which is, it's kind of a mixed bag of, of anything. Could be project managers, could be product managers, could be legal, whatever. But often it's quick to say security practitioners don't have the knowledge or the skills to do it is that they need to do. And, and having been an IT person, right. And, and you as well, it's, it's an unrealistic expectation for a security person to know everything that an IT ops person knows, because just as much as, as they're playing whack-a-mole with a ton of threat actors, the IT ops people are getting bombarded with a lot of user requests, right? And solution and, and trying to enable, you know, business, both efficiency and speed. And that relationship between the two needs to, to sync up. And, 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 you know, what I'm hearing right now is CTEM is one way to help do that. Make no mistake, like there's tons of writings out there that everybody needs to be doing uh, cyber hygiene, but every year we're seeing, we, we're still poor at it. Yep. We're not, we're not focused on, we're not focused on the right, right things necessary because we don't know organizations still today. And what I'm taking away from you and correct me if I'm mistaken is organizations still don't know what they have 
in what normal is within their their organization. Is that a fair general generalized statement? I think so. It's unfortunate, and I don't want to agree with you. Uh, and I could probably give we could probably sit and, and and banter back examples back and forth for hours. Um, but what what I'm seeing is organizations one don't have the knowledge to know exactly what to fix two they really don't have the desire because they want to look at what i call the shiny new object right you know it's the shiny new object is the cloud it's this new widget that we have in the cloud and that's important but you cannot let the major part of your infrastructure go and that is your servers and it's your workstations and it's your core infrastructure you cannot let that go i just wrote up something the other day a blog on this which was about security drift drift happens how gosh sometimes we just don't know so that drift has to be kept in in check right it was i think three weeks ago this was so recent we had a prospect that was doing one of our free assessments and they were in the interface and Nanitor said that their health score dropped 10% overnight. And they're like, what do you mean it dropped 10%? That's no way. A couple of weeks go by, they bring me in and come to find out they installed 20 applications on a high value server in one day and didn't patch anything. Well, that's what I'm talking about with hygiene. Things happen and the organization didn't even realize the importance of that. It, talking about it out loud, you're like, oh, well, gosh, we should have done that. But things happen on a daily basis and those things just kind of go to the wayside and you don't really think about it. But this is why CTEM is so vital in my eyes, in addition to detections, is because it's going to show you what happened that maybe someone in the organization that shouldn't have done something did, which is going to tell you two things, go fix it and then go take away the privileges of that person that did it. So maybe that shouldn't happen again. So it, it, it really is a vital aspect of it. Um, and, and some may say, well, that's the SOC's responsibility, but it's not that the SOC is not responsible for installation of software. That's not what the SOC is for. The SOC is for something different. That's why you need to have layers of security that don't overlap and don't confuse things, but really give you all of the gaps filled to make sure that you're securing everything you need to. Well, it begs the question is where did they test those apps beforehand and before deployment? Or where is it just, are they just that organization that they're like, they're only working in, an, in you know, with a, within a protect, uh, a production realm, which, you know, and I don't want to, beat that drum because we know that that ends poorly every which way. But to your point is we've got a lot of folks and, and, and part of it, we're our own worst enemies in so many areas, right? Between gatekeeping uh, of not getting people into the profession, we've got a 
ton of programs to bring people into the IT related fields. There's no real commonality that's out there. And even if they were, it's not going to matter because take two companies in the same vertical doing largely the same thing. They're going to have very distinct variables between them. And if nothing else, potentially different risk appetite of their organizations. hundred yeah. percent. So it's truly, you know, the complexity of it is monumental. So, uh, you know, I'm really, I'm, pleased to hear that CTEM is making a dent, right? And it's having some, some favorable um, results, if you will. Um, I think you there was, if I recall correct me, correctly, Gartner had forecast that CTEM is going to have the ability with it, I forget how many years it was, but like a threefold improvement. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's it's rare that Gartner comes out with statements that are so distinct. And basically, number one statement is they said that CTIM is the number two most important security trend for 2024. That's a huge statement. Secondly, they said organizations that get a CTIM platform are going to by 2026 see a three times reduction in exploitability of their environment. I, I mean, it 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 just honestly it just goes back to the fact: secure what you have, make sure it's secure, and the attackers will move on. That's what's going to happen. And I mean, you could pull out Microsoft quotes and other quotes from other companies about how important security hygiene is. It is that important. It really is. So the last question I have is, and I'm going to kind of tweak this a little bit because security strategy matters, right? At the end of the day, let's preface that, right? Like without a strategy, you're kind of, you know, you're playing the proverbial whack-a-mole. You don't really know what you have. You don't know what you need to protect. You don't understand criticality, any of those things. But CTEM, what you had described early on, is kind of a newer term for what I believe with some technology that's not necessarily brand new, right? Like it's uh, it's a newer term, but it, it, for some combined capabilities. Yeah. So recognizing that the market is always shifting, companies are, are getting acquired and they're merging or or whatever, or potentially the company is so large that different parts of the company have different solutions in, in play. With a strategy such as zero trust, you would you should then be able to catalog everything that you have and know with unequivocally what are the solutions that are in play and, and to make those logical decisions. But Let's say an entity isn't doing that, or they're just now embarking, or maybe they missed it. What's the what are the consequences of multiple CTEM from different providers potentially on the same network? Is there potential uh, conflict uh, of uh, like irregularities? Are they gonna trigger one another? Talk to us about that. 
Yeah. So, so there's a couple of points here, I think that are really valid and, and I'm just going to take them from what I deal with every day. Um, so we provide a free assessment, right? A free trial. People can just immediately look into Nanitor. And of course, what's the first thing, right? Let's compare, right? That's the very first thing that they do. And so what is actually coming from this is traditional VM solutions that are a point solution really aren't as deep and broad as you would think when it comes to vulnerabilities, because they're typically getting a feed from one location and that's it. Well, we get feeds from multiple locations. And so what they find is we show them more vulnerabilities than a traditional VM solution. So when you're looking at a point solution, you kind of have to be concerned about that. A second issue is when organizations buy other solutions to put into their portfolio, the suite, be very cautious of this. We all know, everyone knows that a solution from company A and a solution from company B aren't going to integrate. They're just not going to integrate. They're, they're not going to integrate, right? I go back to my decks of cards. They're built on different technologies, analysis, and the information doesn't correlate. It's not normalized. So be very cautious about this. When you have someone selling you a suite of CTIM and the solutions weren't baked together, Nanitor was baked under the same code umbrella, no acquisitions, which makes it pretty awesome in the normalization of the prioritization. Now, when you get a multitude of things in your environment, let's say, and I see this all the time, and I don't know why someone does this, but they're like, oh yeah, we have two or three vulnerability management solutions. Why? Why would you pay for more than one solution of a technology? That just means you don't trust it, so you need to go buy one that's really good. And so, if you do choose that model, you're probably not going to be very efficient because now you're analyzing the differences instead of just going and solving things, right? There's been so many sayings about vulnerability management. One is you can't fix everything. Well, if you can't fix everything, then pick one of the VM solutions and go fix as much as you can. That's going to be a lot better than doing any analysis between them. So I think those three things are probably the most important concepts around a, a multitude of solutions, whether you're comparing and contrasting um, and, and paying for multiple solutions. You're just going to be butting heads with those solutions in your environment. Yeah, that's a great point there. Um, you had talked about a trial. So I, I like to ask this question of, of vendors there. Um, do, when you offer a trial to your people, to prospective uh, clients or whatnot, is it under the supervision or are you basically, they're free to basically test drive it and to kind of kick the tires on their own and then a check-in after the fact? What's Nanitor's model on that? Well, you, you, you've you been in the industry. I've been on the other side. I want someone to go kick the tires. That's my goal, right? I mean, yep. when I'm going to go buy a new car and I have the sales guy sitting behind me yapping in my ear, it's like, let me, I want to, I want to gun this thing. I want to see if this thing can corner it, you know, 60 miles an hour. I mean, that's what I want people to do. I want them to have the luxury to find out what they can do, 
to see what's possible. And if they have questions, great, ask me the questions. But that's really our philosophy is I'm going to, I'm literally going to send you an email that gives you the credentials to your platform. We have videos out on our site that kind of are starter videos of do this, do this, do this, go watch those if you need to and go for it, right? Go for it. And, and that's the motto that I want. I want someone to go experience it because also if it's too difficult, they're going to walk away. I want them to experience the ease of a platform that, oh my gosh, I got this thing set up and it's showing me all this information. I'm kind of scared, but I'm impressed. That's what I want. I wholeheartedly agree with you there, you know, and because that's that that's a problem, right? Like it's because in this regard, you're truly there's there's, you know, if if perspective clients are increasingly walking away, like there's a potential user interface component, you know, there's some design questions to be had there. So uh, I really enjoy in, uh, our conversation. Appreciate you taking time. Um, before we wrap up, oh, is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like to, uh, to share with our viewers here? You know, I think we covered it, but I'm just going to reiterate it. You know, I challenge people on LinkedIn throughout the year, go look at your security, look at the basics, challenge yourself once a week, once a month to do some basics. And if you want a solution to do that, great, right? But what I find is everyone is overworked and you forget to go run those PowerShell commands and analyze the result. Have something doing it for you and make sure that you fill the gaps in your security suite. You know, you know I met someone the other day, they're like, yeah, we have a VM solution, but no config or patch. And I'm like, are you serious? In the year 2024, you don't have a patch management solution or you're not looking at, at CIS benchmarks for baselines? I, this is critical. So I'm challenging everyone in 2024, take a good solid look at security hygiene for your organization. It can help you reduce risk dramatically. Well, that sounds like a really good exclamation point on a really good uh, speaking session today. I want to thank our guest, Derek Melber, Chief Strategist and Nanitor, for his time. That's all the time we have today. I'm John Brandt, and this is ISACA Podcast. <music>